If you allow yourself to dream, vividly imagine it in your mind, speak it out in faith, then according to God's word whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believing you shall receive. Have you ever gotten excited about your dream, but at the same time kind of a little frustrated that it's not coming about like you would hoped? There's probably a good reason. Welcome to All Things Are Possible podcast with your host, S.T. Smith, where you'll get the uncompromised word of God in bite-sized nuggets. So grab your Bible and get ready for some good news. Now here's your host, S.T. Smith. Hello and welcome to this episode of All Things Are Possible. I'm your host, S.T. Smith, reminding you that Jesus is Lord, Satan is defeated, and you are closer to your dreams than you think. So with the word of God open on the screen in front of me, let's get into this week's nugget. Well, we're rapidly approaching the end of 2023. Yeah, it seems time is flying. It's not only a good time to look back on what we've accomplished so far this year, but it's a good time to look forward to what God has planned for us in 2024. Listen, don't limit what God can do for you in the future based on what's happened in the past. He wants to do a new thing in your life. Let's look at a scripture that we've talked about before, Habakkuk 2.2. The Lord said, write the vision and make it plain upon tables that he may run that reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Okay, so like we've discussed before, in the Hebrew that word vision literally means a sight mentally, a dream, a revelation. Your sight mentally is your imagination. Your dream is created in your imagination, is given birth in your imagination. I can speak from experience that there have been many times that I got excited about my dream, my vision for the future, only to wrestle with the frustration because I didn't see it come to pass like I had hoped. Other times the manifestations seem to come rather quickly. What's the difference between the two experiences? Well, there are various answers, and hopefully this week's discussion will help you to push through and to be encouraged. In James chapter 4, verse 2, it says, You have not because you ask not. I know this is a very popular scripture to quote. Jesus instructed us to ask in many places in scripture, so it makes sense that if we don't have something, it could mean because we didn't ask for it. But you say, I, look, I have been asking. I've asked many times. Well, let's take a closer look at what this really means. If we look at the whole context of that verse, James is asking Christians some questions. Let's read this in the Amplified Bible. What leads to the unending quarrels and conflicts among you? Do they not come from your hedonistic desires that wage war in your bodily members, fighting for control over you? You are jealous and covet what others have, and your lust goes unfulfilled, so you murder. You are envious and cannot obtain the object of your envy, so you fight and battle. You do not have because you do not ask it of God. You ask God for something and you don't receive it because you ask with wrong motives. Out of selfishness or with an unrighteous agenda. So that when you get what you want, you may spend it on your hedonistic desires. James 4, 1-3. Wow. So we see that the problem isn't always in the asking necessarily. The problem is in the reason why we're asking. What's your motive? What's your ultimate desire for something that you might be coveting? Coveting is the act of being jealous of something that someone else has and you possess a strong desire to have, something that doesn't belong to you. So the bottom line when it comes to asking is making sure that your motives are correct. Make sure that what you 
end up asking for lines up with God's word. The promises of God are always yes and amen in Christ, 2 Corinthians 1.20. Now, let me clarify something here. When it comes to salvation and physical health, we don't need to ask God to save us or to heal us. Salvation and healing are already things that have already been provided for by Jesus' sacrifice and are included in the atonement. If you ask for something that you already have been given, it shows a lack of knowledge and a lack of faith on your part. And remember, Hosea 4, 6 says that my people perish for lack of knowledge. Remember, faith can only appropriate what God has already provided by his grace. Oh, that's good. <laughs> let, me, let me say that one again. Faith can only appropriate what God has already provided by his grace. That word appropriate is a verb, meaning to take for one's own use. Faith is based on the knowledge of the will of God. We discover the will of God by reading the Bible. Then our faith reaches out and puts substance to the things, the promises of God, we see in our imagination. Religion tends to get people confused when they say that you have to do certain things in order to receive certain things. And Satan helps them by saying, oh, you haven't read your Bible enough. You haven't paid your tithes. You didn't witness to that person. And on and on the condemnation goes. Now, it's true that faith without corresponding action is dead. But the action James is referring to here is the action of belief and the acting as though what you're believing for has already come to pass. If you're believing for the manifestation of healing, act as though you're already healed to the best of your ability. Matthew 21, 22 says, All things whatsoever you shall ask in prayer, believing you shall receive. That Greek word translated ask is A-I-T-E-O. And according to Strong's concordance notes on the Greek word ponthenormai, I'm not sure I'm pronouncing that right, another Greek word for ask, it means to demand what is due. Wow. One of the American Heritage Dictionary definitions of the word ask is to expect or demand and to invite. Now, if you ask in the sense of this definition, it's consistent with the Greek word for ask and everything already being accomplished, work in Christ. But when used in the sense of other definitions, that is inconsistent with Jesus having already provided everything. Look, Jesus has already provided for our needs through his atonement. The provisions are waiting for us to receive them. We don't ask in the sense that we don't believe they are already ours. We ask as Jesus instructed us, Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts. It's already ours. We just need to appropriate, take for our own use, by faith, what grace has already provided. You know, it helped me when I made the shift in my thinking that I'm not asking God to change or manifest something. I'm demanding the situation itself to change and to manifest. Look, Jesus has already provided that authority and power to you. He's already restored you back to everything that Adam and Eve had before they sinned. 1 Corinthians 3.22 says that all things are ours. The world, life and death, things present and things to come, all are yours. Psalm 115.16 says the heaven, even the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth has he given to the children of men. Wow, that's powerful. Look, everything already belongs to us here on earth and everything in the earth. We have authority over. This includes sickness and disease, things present, things to come, and things that would affect the success of your business, by the way. This knowledge should strengthen your faith and, and should put power behind your vision. 
you can bring it to pass. Look at Isaiah 45 and verse 11. Thus says the Lord, the Holy One of Israel and his maker, ask me of things to come concerning my sons and concerning the work of my hands, command ye me. Huh? Listen, the Lord welcomes us to ask him about the future. One of the jobs of the Holy Spirit is to show us things to come, according to John 16, 13. So what does it mean to command the Lord concerning the work of his hands? Well, I know it doesn't mean that we're greater than he is and can force him to do anything, twist his arm, right? That's not going to happen. So think of it this way. The electric company has provided electricity to our homes, right? You can call up the electricity company and ask them to turn your lights on, but they're not going to come out and turn your lights on. The power to turn your lights on is already at your command. It doesn't matter how sincere you are or, or, or plead or beg. They're not going to turn the lights on for you. They delivered the power to us and then put it under our command. You see that? We have to reach out and flip the switch. So in that sense, we command the electricity to work. The electricity is at our command, but we aren't the source of that power. You can act like Uncle Fester on the Adams Family all you want and put a light bulb in your mouth, but <laughs> you're not going to get light. And the light bulb in the lamp isn't going to work either unless we take the responsibility and turn it on. So look, in the same way, God is the one who generates the power, but he has given it to us. Look at Matthew 28, 18 and 19. Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go thee therefore. And Acts 1, 8. And you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. It's ours. We now have the power and the authority to use it in line with God's word. Look at Acts 3 and verse 6. Peter said, such as I have, I give unto you. We can't call on God to do what he has given us the authority and told us to do already. We have to command the work he has already accomplished to come to pass. This is one of the biggest lack of knowledge things that I've seen in the church today. People are asking for things using the wrong understanding of the Greek word for ask in this case. They ask as if it's up to God to answer them, as if they don't already have it, instead of demanding and commanding circumstances to get in line with God's word and their dream. Command the unseen promises of God's word to manifest into the seen realm. So let's assume your motives are correct. You feel confident God has put this dream in your heart and you've been believing for the manifestation, but it still seems to linger. Now what? Well, remember what Peter said after he commanded the man at the gate beautiful to get up on his feet and walk. He grabbed him by the right hand, lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones became strong and he leaped and walked and praised God. Remember that? Everyone in the crowd was looking at them as if they were something special. What did Peter say? He said, why look at us as if by our own power or holiness we have made this man walk. But it's Jesus' name and faith in his name that has given this man total healing, as you now see. The point is, when you're trying to manifest your vision, don't think it's your own power or holiness that's going to bring it to pass. Remember Colossians 1, 12, God has already qualified you to partake of the inheritance of the saints. God gave you the dream. He will make it happen. Our job is to believe that we are made righteous by Christ's obedience at the cross. Paul described it this 
way as um, the obedience to the faith in Romans 16, 26, believing right about what Jesus has done to make us righteous. And when we believe right like this, we find his grace motivating and empowering us to think and live right. In Romans 1, 17, it says, the just shall live by faith. You can say it this way. The righteous shall live by right believing. When you have right believing, you release the power of God to manifest your vision. The next time you think that you're not good enough or, or you have to do this or that in order to bring something to pass, try to focus on the obedience of Christ. See the cross, see Jesus, see him renewing your mind with his precious blood. When you believe the gospel, the true gospel that says you are the righteousness of God in Christ, you will have right believing and right results will follow. Here's an exercise I would like you to do. Sit down in a comfortable chair as far away from distractions as possible, okay? Close your eyes, take a few deep breaths to relax. Then start praising Jesus. Just worship him and start thanking him for the dream and the vision that he's given you. Start seeing in your imagination, you actually performing your dream and your vision. Make it as clear as you possibly can in your imagination. Remember, Habakkuk said to make it plain, make it clear. Create a vision board. Include images, words, symbols that portray the fulfillment of your dream. Put that board where you'll see it every day and night. It's really important. See colors, see details. Feel the emotion of joy that you'll have living that lifestyle. Continue to thank Jesus for the vision and your dream that you believe he's called you to do. Thank Jesus as if you were already living that dream. Thank him as if it were already manifest. Now reach out into the depths of your imagination and begin to speak to the world, to the universe, to the circumstances, whatever you wanna call it. Just begin to speak every detail of your dream that you can think of. Start commanding them to manifest from the spirit realm into the physical. Use words that reinforce a positive mindset and that help you focus on your desired end results. If it's a house, walk through the house, walk room to room, speak exactly what you want in those rooms as if you're giving a tour to your best friend. If it's an occupation, see yourself performing it and begin to speak that calling into existence. If it's a ministry, call that ministry into existence according to God's word. Thank the Lord all the way through this exercise. See it clearly. Imagine it clearly. Speak it clearly. Take some time. Take some kind of action. Manifestation isn't just about wishful thinking. It also involves taking action. Identify the steps you need to take and start working towards your goals. Stay persistent. Do this every day. Do it at night before you go to sleep. See your dream and your vision as vividly as you can possibly can. And speak out every detail. Call it forth. Understand that achieving dreams takes time and effort. Ignore the doubts and unbelief that your mind and Satan will flood you with. Because believe me, they will. And he will. Remember, God is a God who quickens the dead and calls those things that be not as though they were. We're created in God's image, right? So we call things that are not right now as if they were. We walk by faith, not by sight. The only sight we walk by is the sight of our imagination. Our physical sight doesn't matter. The only reason this will manifest is because of everything Jesus has already done for you. He's already paid the price. He's already given you that dream 
and that vision and the power to bring it to pass. You've written it down. You see it clearly in your imagination. You continue to speak it forth. And remember Matthew 21, 22, what things soever you ask in prayer, believing you shall receive. Remember that word ask means to demand. Believing means imagining that you've already got it. So let's say that verse like this. Whatever your God given dream is that you're demanding to come forth, imagine yourself living it now and you shall receive it. Thank the Lord that you've already got it. Convincing yourself that beyond a shadow of a doubt, you've got it and you shall have it. Will you dare to dream bigger and allow God to use you? It's not enough to know that God is all powerful. It's more important you know that God is willing to use his power and might to manifest his dream for you. It's time to break free from the limiting thoughts and beliefs that have held you back for so long. Stop focusing on everything around you that you don't want and focus more on what God has for you and where he wants you to go. By the way, get ready. Prepare now for your exciting future. Why? Because as Coach John Wooden said, when opportunities come, it's too late to prepare. Ephesians 3, 20 and 21. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work in us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and come back for the next episode where S.D. Smith teaches how all things are possible through God's Word.